Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're tuning in, day or night, it's still After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni, and I'm still John Steele. And whether it's your first time tuning in or your 19th time, I'm glad you're here. So it was Halloween this past weekend. I'm not sure how you celebrate, but we do the whole dressing up and going door-to-door thing. It's really interesting how your mindset changes as you move from being a trick-or-treating kid to a parent of a trick-or-treating kid. When I was a kid, especially an older kid, I wanted to be the most gruesome, freakish creature I could find a costume for. No thought of how disturbed it might make me look, or how disturbing it might be to my mother. Now, as a parent, I find myself bristling with concern at my own potential failures as a parent because our three-year-old wants to wear a witch's hat. When I was a kid, I don't remember caring how cold it was when we were going door-to-door for what seemed like hours on end. As a parent, I'm very aware of how cold it is, and I don't care how much thought went into your costume. You're wearing gloves, and a coat, and another coat, and how about your snow pants, just to be safe. You can be a witch who's about to go downhill skiing this year. People will love it. When I was a kid, all that mattered was getting to that next door to see what candy treasures they had behind them. Now as a parent, all my concerns revolve around not getting hit by cars, not ringing the doorbell three times in a row, and for the love of Pete, would you stay out of people's yards? When I was a kid, I was confident that whatever went into my candy bucket was mine to enjoy. All mine. As a parent, I now know the actual reality of what happens to that candy. It's called the dad tax. You get the candy, child, and when you're not looking, I sneak the candy out of the bucket. I wonder how much of my candy my parents ate in secrecy over the years. Okay, enough of the tricks. This next treat is all for you. This week, we get to hear from UW Stout alum Chu Yang. He shares about the vital role that church community has played in his development, both pre- and post-college, how he's continued growing in his pursuit of Jesus since graduating, and even shares about the unexpected joy of meeting the woman who would become his fiancée. Great stories for you today. Enjoy. Chu Yang, welcome to After Four. How are you doing? Doing well. Just... Getting up from a power nap from work, and now I'm here for an interview. (laughs) Yes, so you work overnights and are gracious enough to get up early in the morning for this conversation. (laughs) Yes, I would have missed it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that very much. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit more, but for my benefit and for the benefit of those who are listening, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Where did you go to school? When did you graduate? For sure. My name is Ji Ying. Went to school at University of Wisconsin-Stout. Graduated May 2017. Studied engineering technology and mechanical design. So now I'm doing some manufacturing engineering here in the Twin Cities for EcoWater, making water softeners. Yeah, before that, I was at Polaris Industries as a new product engineer, introducing motorcycle engines into production. Wow. Okay. So from motorcycle engines to water softeners, that feels like quite a significant shift to me. It's been pretty good, actually. This new job at Equawater isn't as uh, complex as it would be with 
say building engines. So you get that nice sir balance of life work. So it's been a good transition. I like my team and we're doing a lot of work to try and make improvements. That's great. I'm excited to hear more about life post-college, but let's go back in time a little bit here at UW-Stout. How was it that you got connected to InterVarsity during your time there? I actually didn't get involved with InterVarsity until my last year and a half. I was off on a six-month internship and got connected with a local church there. And the way they did ministry was quite phenomenal. God really opened my eyes to what ministry was and what it looked like to be part of the body of Christ. So I reached out to a friend of mine who I knew was part of InterVarsity, Danny Yang. I asked him, how could I get involved in doing ministry on campus? And I felt like that was God's calling to me. That's really cool. So often we think about how we hope that InterVarsity is something that sends people on this trajectory to get really deeply rooted and engaged in a church community after they graduate. And here we see the reverse of that happening. So as you think to your year and a half, are there any particular memories that stand out to you? I think my first start leading a witnessing community, that was really great. I was nervous at first because I've never done it before. But I knew that that was where I was being grown. When the nervousness kicks in, it's when I'm being challenged. And seeing how God is working through that was quite enjoyable to see. In your year and a half that you were involved, were those pretty fast friendships, especially being a witnessing community leader? Yeah, those were pretty fast friendships. I was elected president after spring 2016. That's when friendships and relationships started snowballing. Uh, you meet one person, you meet another person, they know this person, which is great. That's amazing. Those communal experiences, whether it's on campus or elsewhere, so important and things that we continue to look for long term. So you have all of these experiences, leading small group, being president for your last year and a half of school. So then for most of the time that you're with InterVarsity, you're also really close to graduation. Were there particular expectations that you had for what your life was going to look like after you graduated? Were there hopes and dreams that you had? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of expecting to find a job right out the gate, which I did. It wasn't exactly what I hoped it would be, but I think I found a job a month after I graduated from lacrosse, Wisconsin. And after moving back here at home with my parents, a month later, I moved down to lacrosse. But from there, I was still in the discerning process of whether or not this was the place that I would want to stay at. This is where God's sending me. This is his will for me. Ultimately, it wasn't a fault of calling to be here back at home in the Twin Cities. I got younger siblings who were still in high school, elementary school. So at that time, I felt a calling to be closer to my family, my siblings, to lead them, to help nurture them, help grow them. But ever since then, I've been bouncing around between different jobs, just trying to get a gauge on what the industry is like and try to find a good team as well. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me, as well as the community aspect of my life. It was very important for me to find a local church to serve with. So I joined River Life church. The pastor who's heading the church was a former youth pastor of mine who discerned and prayed fervently what this church is going to be about. And it's about reaching to second, third, fourth, and even beyond generational Hmong. We've seen second and even third generation Hmong stepping away from the church. And we've seen that as a calling by God to reach out to individuals like that. I felt a particular calling to be with that church. I've served in different capacities. It's been great to see individuals come who are returning to their faith with Christ and also new believers coming to Christ. 
Wow, this is very interesting. It seems to me that so many of these things that motivate you are centered around the idea of community. Is this the right community? Is this a healthy community? When you were at this internship, it was a church community that you were thriving in and that sent you back to campus with this purpose of joining community on campus. That you go to lacrosse and get plugged into a church community there that's sort of helping you discern, is this the right place for me long term? And then even as you're considering work, how does this work community function together? And again, a church community, is this a healthy church community? What does this church stand for? And is this the right place for me? The concept of community seems vitally important to the way that you make decisions in your life. Yeah, it is. I think community is something that every believer should pursue. We're called to not walk our faith alone. We are a church body. We need other believers to walk alongside us and to sharpen each other. And you said that in the midst of this, some of the later generations of Hmong people are making major turns away from the church or have been for a while now. Yeah, have you kind of seen a displacement of Hmong people my age and granted, everybody's experience is different, but the way we do church in particular does need to be reevaluated. Like, how do you support a specific generation of the church and contextualize the gospel? There's definitely a lot of work to be done ahead of us, but we know that God has gone before us. What's that like for you being a part of a church that has made that a central focus of their mission as a community? I think it's been great. They definitely shed light on certain aspects of the church. They're not afraid to speak upon hard subjects. They like sex, relationships, financials, doctrines of hell, doctrines of the gospel, of the Trinity. What does that all mean? How is that central and core to the Christian faith? And those are topics that I particularly never heard growing up. A lot of the messages that I heard growing up was come to church, be with the church, have faith in Christ every once in a while. So, yeah, so being with River Life now, you know, I've been able to witness a community come together. People that I've grown up with come back to the church. I haven't seen some of these people in maybe 10 plus years. It's been a huge blessing. That's really cool. And maybe sheds even more light on why strong, solid community is really important. But at the same time, you're talking about people that were coming to church just because in the past it was told to them, come to church because it's the right thing to do and being with the church is good. And that's kind of the end of it. And now the church that you're a part of is this combination of I get to see people that I haven't seen in a long time. I get to be with these people, and it's really good to have this strong community. But community in and of itself isn't enough. There has to be something more. And you're talking about these different tenets that your church is really digging into of discipleship. And like, what does it actually mean to believe in Jesus and to follow Jesus and to trust that these things are real and true and to live our lives in a way that reflects that? It's just interesting to see those two pieces coming together in really important ways. Healthy community, but community that is healthy because it believes things that are true and right and good and follows Jesus on purpose together. Yeah, definitely. It's quite a gift to be able to witness that. I think that you've already shared a few of these things, but I'd be interested to hear if there are others. Are there any great joys that you've gotten to experience after graduating things that you've said, wow, I really didn't expect to get to experience this after graduation. And it has been a really great part of my life. One particular 
experience that's recently developed was finding <laughs> finding a girlfriend, finding love. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, not not to be sappy or anything. That's awesome. It's been an amazing experience so far. And hopefully when she hears this podcast, I plan on proposing to her next month. Oh, wow. All right. Does she know that you're planning this? She doesn't. No, she does not. Okay, so we need to time this well that I either edit that out or wait to release this until after you've proposed. <laughs> <laughs> Should I give you a specific date? <laughs> October 8th. Oh, okay. We're good then. We'll be yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Wow. That's exciting. Gosh, how long have the two of you known each other? We've known each other for a couple of years, but I think that for the first year after we met, we didn't really speak to each other, even though we were at the same church. We were both pretty busy with our jobs, me working at least 50, almost 60 hours a week, and her being the residential director at Northwestern University. We had really no capacity to engage in conversations after our initial contact. Fast forward a year, we ended up starting working together with St. Paul Public Schools delivering mailboxes. So we had a lot of time to get to know each other for about seven to eight months straight. We saw each other every day, and I think we started dating a couple months into that job. It's been quite a blessing just to be able to do life with her for six, seven months straight. And it would seem to me a relationship that just came out of the blue. You weren't actively in pursuit of this. Maybe it was something that you wanted or thought in the back of your mind, like, oh, this would be cool. Or even just big picture of like, it would be really great to be with somebody, whether or not it was this person in particular. And then these series of events happened to kind of bring you together. And now here you are getting engaged. And uh, <laughs> that's really cool. How often do we just get hung up in, man, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Did it feel for you that it just kind of came out of the blue? Yeah, it came out of the blue. I wasn't expecting her to come work with me. I wasn't expecting to pursue her even after she started working with me. But after praying and discerning, I think it was the right time to ask if I could pursue her. She said yes. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Excited for this to happen and for her to get to hear that you were already telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a treat for her. You know, as we're talking about these things that are developing and changing and happening for you post-graduation, I would just be interested to hear after being a part of this InterVarsity chapter and leading small group and being chapter president, you know, there's a lot of faith development that happens in that space. Growing with Jesus and growing with this community of believers together being in this next phase of life, I mean, what has your ongoing faith development looked like as a follower of Jesus post-college? I think for many of us, we can get really caught up in the work life and being stuck in that process. And granted, when you're first starting out your career, yeah, you kind of end that work life constantly. And knowing when to rest and how to rest, I think has been a big challenge for me. I'm a busybody. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to deny that fact. Um, so learning how to rest and resting well has been a great challenge for me. But it's also been a really good challenge too. Because there are times when at work, I'm just feeling burnt out and exhausted. And I haven't taken a day off in say like six months straight. So it's just asking God, how do you rest well? And then turning to scripture and reading how Jesus spent his time resting. He rested through storms and waves you know it's just like jesus show me how to do that too when i'm feeling like i'm in my own storms i think that's been something that's helped me refocus and ground myself again in christ 
I mean, you think about Jesus talking about taking on his yoke because his burden is light. And he says, I will give you rest. That's the gift that is given in the midst of following Jesus is rest, rest for the weary. I wonder, are there ways that you're starting to learn? This is what I need to do when I notice that I'm pushing myself too far. These are the ways that I'm learning to rest that are effective for me. What are some of the things that you're learning in the realm of resting well? Yeah, I think first and foremost is prayer and scripture. I think we can often negate those pretty quintessential aspects of our faith. When you're feeling anxious or you're feeling stressed, feeling tired, often we just want to rest in a physical way, just sleeping or just sitting and lounging. But I think that other part of resting also means to turn to scripture and turn to prayer and giving your anxieties and stresses to God. And I find myself doing that when I'm in the outdoors. Yeah, it's where I go to meet God, where God comes to meet me. Granny, he's everywhere with us all the time. But being in the outdoors is where I feel his presence the most. So when I'm not being disrupted or distracted, resting in that regard is something that I've come to do pretty often. I can so identify with some of those thoughts. When I think of rest, so often what immediately comes to my mind is I just want to sit down and I want to disengage. And the best ways that I can disengage is take a nap, turn on a movie or a TV show or something like that to play a game. And I find so quickly that what I have misidentified as rest is actually just distraction and that there's something very different between distracting yourself from the things that make you tired and actually going somewhere that helps you recharge and be restored. And for me as an introvert as well, one of the things that I like, I just want to be disengaged from people and from expectation when I'm tired. And so often the thought of like, okay, I know the best way for me to rest is actually in prayer and scripture, just like you're saying, Ju Yang. But so often I'm like, but that feels like responsibility that feels like obligation. And that's what I want to get away from. And man, how often do I just forget that going to prayer and scripture can happen in many different ways. First of all, it doesn't mean that you're sitting down and having this really in-depth manuscript Bible study on your own, where you're pouring out a whole lot of mental effort. You can take a line from scripture and just sit quietly and meditate on that one line. And be reminded that God is the one who grants us rest. He is the one who is in control of all of these things that are wearing us out and to release those burdens to him. Because even when I distract myself from them, they're oftentimes still sitting on my shoulders and I just don't recognize it. But to go somewhere that removes me from the distractions and that allows me to hand that burden off to the one who should actually be carrying it for me, and that's Jesus, that is good restorative rest right there. And that's awesome that you're discovering that. It's definitely been a challenge to incorporate that in my life, but I think it's been pretty helpful so far. It doesn't have to be like two hours to the North Shore. It could just be down the road to the park. As you look back on your time thus far post-college, are there particular things that you look at and say, man, here are things that my time with InterVarsity has really set me up nicely They helped me start thinking about this kind of stuff and prepared me in this way for the next stage of life. Are there things that stand out to you? The communal aspect of it, it's probably why I talk about it pretty often, to continue seeking a community post-college and to continue engaging in communities post-college. Granted, it's a lot of effort to put time and energy into that to develop those relationships, but even if those relationships don't 
come out how you expected it to be, it's still good. You're glorifying God and engaging in communities. If our expectations fail, then to be honest, that was just our own selfish expectations. <laughs> <laughs> some relationships last, some relationships don't, but you find those relationships that stick around, that watches stick around, and you do life with them. You walk alongside them. They walk alongside you. The communal aspect that NFRC has really displayed has been a pretty prominent figure in how I'm pursuing post-college. What a great thought if we feel let down by community that at least a part of that is probably our own selfish expectations that we brought or incorrect expectations. So often we can have this pie in the sky, rose-colored glasses perspective of what community is supposed to look like in our minds as if we've got it figured out. And then when it doesn't meet those expectations, we put that on the community and say, well, they're just doing it wrong. It's just not the right people for me. And how often is it, oh, maybe I need to learn what it's actually like to be a part of community, the beautiful and the messy parts of it. And I love how you said that it's glorifying to God. Obviously, we're going to mess things up in community, but that our pursuit of of community and pursuing Jesus together is a beautiful thing that glorifies God and hopefully is attractive to other people. What a great idea uh, that sometimes we just have the wrong idea of community coming into it and we could use some reforming of the way that we look at it. Yeah, it is definitely taking some reforming for me to realize that within myself too. Are there things that you can look at and say, yep, I was not prepared for this to happen? Probably the post college transition going from the student to a young professional. I found it kind of difficult to live out faith and work because there's just so many different people that you encounter when you're in a professional setting. Or some individuals take your faith seriously, some others don't. Some workplaces don't allow you to talk about that. Other places are very open to it. Also, how business decisions that you make, for me particularly as an engineer, how does it glorify God? The engineer's role down to the core foundation is to make money and make it very efficiently. So struggling with that fact has really led me to how I approach faith and work. My job is to make money, but I'm also exposed to all these different aspects of the business. I'm interacting with employees on the shop floor. I'm interacting with employees in the offices. Both have varying viewpoints of how they approach life. One is pretty hard and stubborn. I would say the other side is pretty hard and stubborn as well. But showing grace and showing patience to each of them is something that's been a in-your-face experience. Somebody will say something to you that irks you a little bit and learning how to take those comments and not being offended by it and finding a common ground with that individual because obviously you're working together and they may say something that doesn't sit well with you and you got to learn how to navigate through that conversation and showing Christ-likeness to them, I think has been a pretty particular challenge, but it's been a really good way to practice faith in your workplace and also focus your work on glorifying God. It is amazing just thinking about the idea of sharing your faith, being a faithful follower of Jesus in the place that you work. I mean, just how different that is from college with InterVarsity that you have, all of these things that are set up for 
okay, we're going to have a small group leaders gathering here and we're going to prep together for a call to faith during small group. And so we're all going to be ready and we know it's coming. And here we go. We're going to do a call to faith. And it's this thing that you plan for and you're ready. And then when the day and the time comes, you go and you just do it. And outside of that, hopefully you are also making friends with the people around you and you're listening to the spirit. Is now the time for me to ask a question that starts to pique their interest that maybe we start having a dialogue about faith and spirituality and you're starting to experience some of those things, but overtly it's like these planned experiences on campus. That's not a bash. Those are places where people legitimately meet Jesus for the first time or where they come back to him, where they're welcomed into community and great things happen in those places. Those are awesome. But when you go to work on a Tuesday, it just doesn't always quite happen that way. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's far more of this discernment and listening and yeah, sometimes wading through painful statements that people say or things that you just flat out disagree with, whether or not they were overtly hurtful and saying, okay, I need and I want to continue loving this person and listening and being ready for the right opportunity. And what does that opportunity look like in a company that's open to these conversations versus a company that says, no, you can't talk about this stuff here. And yeah, that is a totally different context for sharing your faith. And even if you have some of the tenets, some of the important foundational pieces for doing it well, knowing how to apply those things in a different context, that's tough. That's really hard to know how to do that well. It's pretty difficult to try and navigate through that. But one of the biggest key takeaways from that, I think, is just the patience and grace that God has given us and to apply that grace and patience with your coworkers. Yes. Chu Yang, as you think about this time that you've had post-college, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing to help yourself prepare for the next phase of life, what would that piece of advice be? Stick with it. Whether it's your first job, first community, or first relationship out of college, whatever it is, stick with it and learn from it. That's something that I look back upon. And if I would have told myself that, stick with this job maybe for another year instead of jumping from one contract to another contract, I think it would be good. I wouldn't feel as if I'm always on the go or never settled. Giving yourself a little bit of room to sit and settle is nice instead of having to move across states every year or something. (laughs) (laughs) That can be pretty tiring. Yeah, it definitely can be. How often do we not give good things the time that they need to show themselves as good? We're so used to a particular thing in a particular way that if we move on from there and experience something and it's not exactly the same, we say, well, this isn't good. It's not the right thing. And again, maybe it's one of those places that we need to develop and grow and learn to see that, oh, this is good. It's just different. And I have a lot that I can learn and a lot that I can contribute to this, this place. That's such a great word to stick with it. I like that. Ju Yang, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such an enjoyable conversation. I feel like we could have talked for many, many hours, but I would hate to do that to you, knowing that <laughs> <laughs> knowing that it's been a long day already for you, that it would be great for you to get a little more sleep before you jump back into another long day of work. So thanks so much for giving time. I am so grateful. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to have a conversation with you, John. And I'm sure next time I'm down, I'm at Kato. I'll see if we want to grab lunch or dinner or something. Please do. I would absolutely love that. For sure. Thanks for having me on here. I love that advice. Stick with it. After graduation, so many things change. As a result, 
It's really easy to just bounce around from one job to another, one church to another, one relationship to another, because none of it feels familiar. And we can so easily talk ourselves into the idea that unfamiliar is bad. Now, granted, it's possible that you find yourself in an unhealthy or even unsafe place. Those may be situations where sticking with it is not the right move. If you're unsafe, get out of there. If you're uncomfortable, give it time. Maybe there are some really important, formative, or even just enjoyable experiences God has in store for you in those places. Stick with it and see what good might come of it. Thanks, Ju Yang. It was really great getting to chat with you. Well, that's it for now. Make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. And you can also follow After 4 Pod on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on new episodes. Then come on back next week for my conversation with Brianna, an alumna from the University of Chicago. We chat about the balance of working and waiting on God, dealing with loss, and living a life of joy and purpose with Jesus after college. Don't miss it. Until then, see you next time, alumni. Thank you.